Welcome to the Cosmetic Podcast. This podcast amplifies the topics you want to hear about. Cosmetic means being a person or thing that gives rise to a phenomenon that is dynamic or energizing. Globally minded and locally focused. I'm Rodrigo Ross. I'm Keith Benson. So today we are talking about standing in the gaps and how because of the COVID-19 crisis, nonprofits who are the backbone of our communities are being forced to reevaluate their mission and how they engage with their community. Well, before we even get started with that, I want to talk about this uh, survey. So this survey of about 428 nonprofit leaders was conducted by the Nonprofit Institute from uh, University of San Diego. And what they found is many nonprofits reserves uh, total about two months or less on their operating budget. So wow. just like, you know, this pandemic right now is causing these huge gaps, you know, with our nonprofits. Absolutely. Um, two months. So if you just look at the number, that means that they may have enough to cover their staff through hopefully best case scenario, right? The end of the pandemic. But what about coming out of the other side? Like, how do you pay your staff when you come out the other side if you've exhausted all your reserves? Well, and you got that. And then it is, what is the work of nonprofits that are doing today? And yeah. so as we as we take a look at nonprofits throughout the country, there are many that are doing some phenomenal work. Yeah. And I think that what I'm seeing is this community of philanthropy are really um, are gathering around nonprofits to be able to help support them while they're providing these essential needs to the community. So, you know, there's also there also seems to be this convening, right? So if you have the silver lining this thing, which I'm always trying to find the bright spots. Mm-hmm. The silver lining I think I'm starting to see is that nonprofits are really being intentional and effective at working together. So NPR, you guys know I love a good source. NPR has this article that talked about the convening of these heavy hitters, these heavy nonprofit hitters, the American Cancer Society, the YMCA, the United Way, and how they are collectively trying to engage Congress for upwards of $60 billion in emergency funding and you know I'm not sure having been in a nonprofit game for a very long time if I've really seen nonprofits really banned and lock arms like this in a really effective way everybody working towards that same common goal well I mean we gotta we got to we have to it's just a must right now that yeah. we all come together I think one thing that this pandemic has proven for nonprofit is that you can't work alone yeah, um, you have absolutely. to you have to be able to come together and work together. And we're seeing some great work that is going on just within some of the projects that we're doing. I mean, you're doing some incredible work right now with multiple organizations. Share a little bit about that with everyone. So here in Dallas, we stood up something called the Catalyst Initiative. And really what it was, was bringing everyone to the table, um, kind of with this collective impact framework that whatever you are really super good at and whatever population you are really engaged with, let's lock arms so that we can, you know, help everyone. So, you know, I partner with agencies that really work with, um, you know, adjudicated folks and people who are trying to re-enter society. And I partner with organizations who really work with women in distress and who are victims of domestic violence. And then I partner with agencies who are working with kids and, and doing stuff around access to education or giving out food. And the thing is, I have the 
space. I have the ability. I have the direct connect in the community. Um, and they have the stuff, right? Sometimes they can get the stuff or sometimes they have that trust factor with those, you know, really delicate populations. But I feel like this Catalyst Project, I don't know if I would have been able to stand it up as quickly had this pandemic not have occurred because there was a sense of urgency and a sense of focus with all of the nonprofits that I really hadn't seen before. Like all of the noise went away. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people weren't trying to grandstand and this is my stuff and this is my group. And it's like everyone genuinely came together at the end of the day. We just need for these people who in the best of times can be forgotten to get served, to get food, to get support, to get help. And and it was also a way for them to work with, with really skeletal crews because we've been blessed in Dallas. Even though we've seen, just like many YMCA's around the country, drastic cuts in our workforce for these smaller nonprofits, they only had 10 people at best. And now they're working with maybe one right. or two. And so in the survey that we started off the top of this uh, with is that a lot of these nonprofits, they're going to have minimal amount of staff to be able to work with right now. Yeah. You know, we got 57% of them saying they're you know likely to make payroll over the next four weeks and then uh, only 35% were sure they could in about eight weeks and so we want to make sure that you know there is the community is meeting those essential needs of what they have and what we're saying as nonprofits is that even though we may have furloughed a lot of staff or just across the board not just with the Y but with many organizations we want to still be here for the community and I think this good work is showing up in so many different ways. And I'm just amazed at the amount of activity that is happening and nonprofits are saying that no, we're not going to go home. We're not going to stay away from you guys because this is the time that we're to come together so that our community can be served. Right. You know, it's incredible how nimble um, these nonprofits are being um, during this time, no matter what their size is. You know, they're they're being open-minded about jumping into different fields or helping other nonprofits profits, even though that wasn't their specialty or really focusing in on things that they weren't doing at a high level before. For instance, food distribution, right? You know, here we would distribute to folks and if we knew families that were struggling, but did we have a regular every Saturday set up process system with partners in place? We did not, not before the pandemic. And it's really making me rethink, we got to keep these kind of things going after this crisis is over. Yeah, we're going to have to work work together. And what has been amazing is that we're seeing people reaching out more and more in different ways. And it's just become so easy to work with some people that, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, may be a little challenging a little to bit. be able to, to get bit. to them. But now it's like, hey, wh- what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, I am finding now that I am working just as <laughs> Like, oh, am I going to be slowing down? Yeah. You know what else I'm finding? Before I have to go through two or three layers to talk to a CEO, man, they answer the phones on the first one. Quick, fast, <laughs> and a hurry. I can talk to anybody right about now. But I mean, when we talk about this philanthropy community, uh, the North Texas Cares Partners, they've granted more than $5.3 million to nonprofits uh, mm-hmm. during this time right now mm-hmm. to make sure that they are there for the community to provide those essential needs uh, to folks. You know what I love about that North Texas Cares collaboration too is it's funders really being smart about giving to communities and giving to organizations that are banding together. Like North Texas Cares didn't exist 
before the COVID-19 crisis. But all of those funders, they took it upon themselves to get together, understanding the power that they had with this with money, right? And they said, let's work together. Let's not work in silos. Let's make our money stretch. Like, I, I, I really am excited about how this crisis is forcing people to get back to the basics of so, working together. So you got the Dallas Cowboys, Communities Foundation of Texas, and the United Way of Metropolitan Dallas. Right. These guys are coming together on May 5th to do what was what's called Giving Tuesday yeah. Now. Yeah. Typically, this is taking place uh, during the fall time. Yeah, in but, September. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is a pressing need. They're saying, you know what, let's get behind this right now. We got to come together so that our nonprofits can stay as whole as possible. Yeah. And, you know, at, during the time when, you know, when all of this hit, we were in our campaigning season, right, where we're raising money as a YMCA to ensure that we wouldn't have to turn anyone away for their inability to pay. And so many of the volunteers were a little cautious about continuing to raise funds during this time because rightfully so, you know, you're trying to be respectful. You don't know what people's situations are. But I'll tell you, the feedback that I'm getting from lots of my volunteers is that the ask is a little bit easier now. Like people get it. They understand um, on a different level that the need is out there and they're willing to be generous. You know, some of this impact work that is being done right now, we're seeing that particularly here with the YMCA of Metropolitan Dallas is blood drives that are going on. Yeah. Um, we have multiple sites that, you know, we're partnering with our blood donors from um, from around the Metroplex to be able to do those uh, do those drives. Yeah. i tell you one little neat project we have is uh, the Little Free Library. Well, Uh-oh. you know, you know, all of our libraries are closed right now. Right. And yes. so there are still families that still want to be able to access books mm-hmm. because the kids are home all day. And so, you know, our Little Free Libraries are coming like the field trip. Right. <laughs> so, right. So that families can get uh, can get books books. for their kids reading. So right now, yeah, we're still collecting books from uh, from folks to be able to fill in our our little free library. It's just been amazing that the interaction that the community has had with that. And, you know, that's keeping with our social distance, of course. All families got to do is ride up, pick out a book, and then they have to just pull off. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, folks are definitely juggling and, and going back and forth between protecting themselves and doing what's right for their families. But I really am encouraged by how I see staff and organizations as a whole really dig in, re-examine their mission, um, turn some of these cruise ships on a dime, right? Like mm-hmm. completely about face to, to serve um, communities in this time. Well, this pandemic, what it's going to do, it is going to help define organizations, not just yeah. for our nonprofits, but also for our for-profit. It is, what did you do for the community? Yeah. How did you show up for the community yeah. during this pandemic? And you know, the other thing is that I think and the, the feedback that I'm getting from a lot of our um, friends in the for-profit world is not only how do we go through it, but how do we grow through it? Like, how are we fundamentally different as an organization now that we've gotten in proximity of some of these more pressing social issues? And now that they see we have the capacity to really convene people and to really make some systemic change and, and really serve, I, I don't think we can go back to quote unquote business as usual. Like, we gotta stay in these spaces because people know it's like a little kid. Once you know they can walk, 
I'm not carrying you anymore. Right. All of that thing. Like, I know you can, once you can ride that bike, the training wheels are gone. And I think we've shown the world collectively that nonprofits, we don't need training wheels. And so we got to stay in this space. I know one of these, uh, one of the companies that have really stepped up is uh, PepsiCo. You know, yeah. they, they believe that both private and public sectors, they should come together yep. to provide some assistance to be able to make sure we are give aid to the most vulnerable. Yeah, you know, I will say that PepsiCo, they have been uh, a really... Um, astute partner for years like they really helped us and really given to us and, and helped on a number of different levels whether it was product or whether it was financial over the years this is just lockstep in what they have already been doing. I mean they've committed 11 million dollars to provide wow. food water and other critical support to communities you know that's been affected by the COVID-19 mm-hmm. around the world you know mm-hmm. over in um, in Italy they donated uh, $200,000 to each other race across um, and to to support them um a hundred thousand to the red cross in uh in lebanon i mean these guys have just been coming together to make sure that these essential needs are met and we've been blessed to be able to have uh food milk and and juice from them uh to be able to serve to our our participants here in uh here in dallas yeah so multiple times a week um for our emergency child care programs and then also for our food giveaways pepsico will send its trucks to make deliveries to various YMCAs of milk and juice and healthy snacks just so that we do have those things available for the kids and the families in our community. You know, while a lot of us are turning to technology to uh, be able to in- interact with our kids and with our preschool program, we're mm-hmm. doing these online uh, oh, classes. Oh, okay, so cute when they actually <laughs> face the camera. Oh, good gracious, yeah. the things we see. But, you know, our seniors that are out there, you know, they may not be all mm-hmm. the best with technology technology yeah. so you know for what is could probably considered now old school is yeah. conference calls uh-huh. we've been interacting with our seniors at our branch with conference calls and when How I is that? <laughs> so Monday, I'm trying to get on the phone with my grandmother oh, God. and you have well, how many grandmothers on the phone just imagine all these grandmothers <laughs> on the phone right and so they are they are so getting to so excited to be able to hear each other's voices wow. man they just sound like these school age kids just uh, you know having a conversation but awesome. we're able to get out information to them that uh, from workshops around nutrition, around health, mental health. Uh, we also have one about wills, and they were able to interact with them in this very engaging way. Um, and again, it's still using technology. Yeah. But the most powerful time that we have with them is on Wednesdays at yeah. 1030, where we come together to be able to pray. Mm. And this is a time where they are uh, sharing their praise requests and sharing reports on where they are. And they really have this sense of care about the community as well as for each other. And that is just probably the most dynamic time of my week where I can gather with our seniors to get on that phone call and be able to pray. And we call this our ambassadors program. This is volunteer led where several of our members say, you know what, hey, I'll stand up. I'll be an ambassador. I'm willing to be able to reach out to other seniors. Mm -hmm. And so they're doing these well-being checks on them, also sharing with them some information about our educational topics that we're going to be addressing for the the week. Yeah. And so it's just really... uh, 
while it may seem like old school, everybody's mm-hmm. doing Zoom or, or Teams right now. Ooh, Zoom. S- <laughs> That's, <another one> Zoom. <laughs> That's a whole oh, nother story. Yeah. But it's just amazing that the great work that so many y- uh, YMCA's uh, nonprofits are doing in the community. And I'm just so proud of our nonprofits here in the Dallas area. Um, but we hope that you guys are continue to tune in to us. So thank you for listening to Cosmetic. Where our conversations are global. Globally minded and locally focused. Check us out at ymcadallas.org slash cosmetic. And as always, stay dynamic, stay energized, stay cosmetic.